Welcome back to the Create Pango Podcast. I'm Diana. I'm Tess. And today we're going to be talking about delegates. The question I get asked by uh, some of my uh, young uh, political junkie friends, um, first of all, they ask about caucuses. Now that the primary is moving along a little, the questions are more about delegates. And it's a complicated issue. So complicated. So uh, you will not find big answers on today's show. (laughs) You can, can, I recommend you investigate yourself. And you can also check out some of the links on our website for uh, some of the historical reasoning behind. And the green papers. And green papers and things like that. So, uh, in general, though, delegates are the ones who are actually going to be at the convention. They're the ones who actually matter. And uh, that's just the way it is. So my point of view on delegates is a little bit different, I think, than, than a lot of people. The, the thing is, every four years, we hear how the system is rigged. On the Democrat side, you've got the super delegates. It's not fair, you know. The, the you know party bosses making the decisions for the people, and on the Republican side, we don't normally have an issue until this year, where we have the uh, the bound versus unbound delegates, mm-hmm. and people actually are concerned about what these things mean. But my point of view is that both the Democratic Party and the Republican Party are private organizations. They can make up whatever rules they want. It has nothing to do with uh, democracy. It has nothing to do with actually an election. It's not like we're voting for mayor. And you can pick right. whoever you want. This is their selection. Every party has their own way exactly. to the, do it. Uh, for example, the libertarians get together at an actual convention and talk and make decisions. Mm-hmm. Apparently in Florida, I don't know. I wasn't yeah, invited. I think it just happened, didn't it? I'm not sure. Um, I haven't been paying much attention. I just assume <laughs> it's going to be Gary Johnson who's Probably. going to be the nominee for the libertarians. And I, I'm just so-so on Gary Sorry, Gary. You seem like a nice person, but that's kind of part of your problem. You're you're a little too cool to be president. <laughs> that's just that's just my opinion. Uh, but these organizations get to make the rules, and we as a people have allowed them to make the rules, and we've allowed the Republicans and the Democrats. I don't want to say conspire, but they th- both parties have a certain desire to stay in power. Right. Even if they're second banana, they're still right. at the top of the heap. So it's very easy for them to keep other political parties from rising. We've let them have so much power. Right. So the delegate system, we've seen what happens when they experiment with it. And it goes even worse. Uh, people, you know, I don't know if people listening to this will remember Jimmy Carter. 
But he was the nominee because they decided to experiment with the delegate system. Mm -hmm. And that was four years. Well, and that's the whole thing with the super delegates on the Democratic side was that um, they came up with this idea of super delegates with McGovern because they had lost so many um, elections. And so, like, how, you know, why are we letting the, the people actually like vote to represent who they want? So that's when they implemented like 30%. Of of the delegates are super delegates, and that's enough to sway anybody. You know, like the race the race between Hillary and Bernie is really close. Once you take away the super delegates, once you give them all to Hillary, which she's got the majority, she's got over five hundred now, and I think Bernie's got thirty nine or something. Uh, something it's like sad. so. And then I think, you know, it's funny, too, that the system, she, which I didn't know, but she lost to Obama, and she had the popular vote back in 2008. And so, as for me, and I think the reason, I think I'm like a lot of people who didn't understand, like, we were kind of told that our vote mattered. Like, we had this process, and there was a reason that we had this process. Like I said, I've been kind of keeping up with politics and doing some personal research for four years, and I've been reading every, like, everything. It doesn't matter who it comes from. I'll read it. And I Nobody mentioned the delicate system. Like, I didn't realize, like, what a bait and switch that was. Uh. Like, I didn't know. And I think that's how come people uh, are resounding with Trump and even with Bernie is because they're outside of that system. And they're upset because they want their votes to matter. They want it outside of the party bosses. And I didn't know. I feel like really misled. Like I thought my vote mattered. And it absolutely, especially like in places like Colorado (laughs) or even like, for instance, like in PA, they have 54 unbound delegates and the popular vote is only 17 delegates. Yeah. And it's like, well, why, why bother? And if I was a Democrat, at least they know from the beginning that it matters even less because there's so many super delegates you know so the voting power isn't equal and i think that's what i didn't know until this election and i think that i don't think you're alone in that and i think part of that starts in american high school government classes yes it does (laughs) where first of all i i I've only known a few high school government teachers, but they've all been rabid Democrats, first of oh, all. Oh, absolutely. Which I, I just think is interesting. But on top of that, they've not had a good grasp of the system themselves. Or they just like the idea of misleading people into the whole, your vote matters, the primaries are important, blah, 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 because they are so focused on their own political party. Mm-hmm. What's good for the party mm-hmm. is good for the country. That kind of, that kind of they attitude. They know better. Exactly. So it's it's interesting that I I kind of 
I had actually a, a fairly good government teacher who at least, while he was a rabid Democrat, did make the point that you need to vote with your conscience mm-hmm. and with what you believe in, not along party lines. And I have to give him credit for that, even though I don't believe he practiced what he preached. Right. I appreciate the fact he did actually make that point clear. And he was actually really good at debating with students. Right. Different political points of view. But then again, why wouldn't you do that if it's not really designed to represent yourself anyway? So it's another kind of smoke and mirrors. Here, fill your conscience. It matters. And I feel like I was totally lied to. It's like it it doesn't matter. it, It matters sometimes. And sometimes it doesn't. It matters more in local politics than right. it does on national, national levels. On the national side. But the, while those were valuable lessons, I think he didn't understand the delegate system as it was at the time right. well enough to instruct other people in it. Well, and what's hard is because, like, with the delegate system, like, even from 2008 Well, and it to can now, change every... It every, changes. Yeah. So, from the Democratic side, it was, like, something over eight, over 800 super delegates between Obama, you know, and Clinton. And now we're down, eight years later, to 716. So... Sure. And, it, and then it's even worse for the Republicans because they have up until their convention two weeks to change stuff. And and then each, and I don't know if this is true for the Democratic side, but like the way they select their delegates, their unbound delegates, is based on things that shift all the time. Like, well, did did your place, did your district vote for... Romney, a Republican presidential candidate, even if they lost, but you get an extra delegate here. Did you do this? Then you get a delegate here. Do you have a Republican Supreme Court? So it's like all these weird bonuses. And then, then you, and that's, I mean, there's, it's just, (laughs) I wish you could see how she looks so, like she's having some kind of a fit at the moment. It's it's like every state and you don't know what's national which I think those are the national ones, but then the states, there's 112 to 150 that are unbound in North Dakota, American Samoa, which I didn't even know they had delegates. I think they have nine. Um, Colorado, Guam, and Wyoming. And so you can seriously have voterless delegates. And then, and I think because this is coming to light a lot because of Trump, and I didn't want to touch on Cruz so soon, but... This really upset me because here I am trying, making a concerted effort to understand delegates. And I'm reading the green papers and they're using equations like, let me see if I can find one, like 0.05, times two divided by the majority rules. I'm not kidding you. It's like this long and then if it's, you fractionalize it, you round up and, and it's very complex. And so here I am trying all my life to do my civic duty. And so Trump is like, whoa, how did I like lose Colorado? Because it's it's voterless. All righty then. <laughs> and then you have Cruz, who is, you know, our 
our Christian candidate, I guess that's what he touts himself as, the oh. evangel. I mean, I'm not saying how people view him. No, that's what he calls himself. That's so. what he calls himself. And we'll get to that later. But so he's like gloating over like Wyoming and in Colorado. And he's like, hey, um, he knew the system. He knew the system. And like I was telling my husband, I'm like, you know what? It doesn't matter if Trump knew the system. It doesn't make the system itself less corrupt. You know what I mean? So it doesn't matter. It, Trump wasn't whining because he lost. It's just a system that you pretend represents us. And it does not. It absolutely doesn't to a very large degree. So that's the point that Trump was making. And that's the point I think a lot of people kind of agree with. I, I think what it's almost disturbing in a way because I, I have kind of an insular view mm-hmm. uh, up until this election. Thanks to the internet. I now <laughs> have met so many other points of view. Right. I guess because I grew up in a more political family, we just understood that that's the way things worked. We understood that it's you know it's all about political theater rather than an actual political movement of some kind. It's and so it's interesting that now, uh, thanks to the internet, like I said, I I hear yeah. from lots of people who are dumbfounded by the system and can't believe how corrupt it's become. But it's always been corrupt. But I, but I think people know know it since the rules change all the time and people don't have you know like 50 hours a week to see what the politicians are doing when it comes to an election cycle it's hard to keep up but here's the thing what they're doing at this stage i don't think you need to worry about what they're doing in other states if you're really concerned with how your state has functioned in this primary Go to the uh, appropriate party mm-hmm. for your state because each state gets to make their own rules, right. which I think is awesome. Except when they do some crazy things like <laughs> Kentucky going back to caucuses. Don't get me started. <laughs> but but I'm sure they had reasons. I just don't understand them. If Rand Paul would like to call me and let me know, mm-hmm. we've got things to talk about anyways. Yeah. More than welcome to. But. I don't understand why they did that. No one has been able to give me a good explanation as as to how that works. They've all given me a kind of explanation and a wink. Yeah. I've gotten a lot of, you know, wink. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. And I'm like, okay, well, <laughs> I didn't know what the wink meant. You're, you're a little too subtle for me on this one. <laughs> and with delegates, it's the same thing. The states get to make up their, their mind how they're going to do it. Mm-hmm. I think that's great. Um I, I just, I'm a little concerned that because people are so connected this year in particular, and because they have so many outsider candidates this right. year, people who normally have made assumptions about the system, I'm just going to call it the system, are now claiming it's, you know, it's corrupt, it's rigged. Right. And to a certain extent, I will give you that it's rigged. It's definitely rigged because it is political theater. But on the other hand, you have someone like Donald Trump who 
the system is rigged against. And he's still going to be, I believe, the nominee. I think right. he's still going to have enough delegates in time for the convention sure. to do it. So it can be done. It's, it's, it's kind of the principle of the thing, though. And, 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 and if it's time? if and my point is if it's if I think corruption, you can't say it's a corrupt system because the system is a private organization system, and the fact that you and others have not understood the the way that system works, that's where you can bring it up to your right. local party, your state on the state level, join them. Get involved with them, and then you can have a, more of a voice in how that system works. Until you do that, it's sort of like you know, shouting at the moon for shining. Yeah. You know, it's oh, <laughs> how dare you? Yeah. You know, uh, it it can't help it. <laughs> stop! <laughs> you just can't sun. stop doing that. <laughs> oh, you're so bright. Well, uh, I guess in that analogy, the sun would be political power. Right. Yes. <laughs> well, <laughs> and, let's just uh, take that a step further. Yeah, yeah, so down with the sun. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, like, I, I guess I, like, once again, I, I knew that there was a level of uh, corruption, and, but I just, I believe... I believe in individual power. Yeah, I I just do. Still and not so... quite jaded enough, Tess. <laughs> We're working on it. it. But but then again, Trump is kind of proving my point too. It's like, oh, I'm gonna I'm just gonna do it anyway, but it's it's hard. It's it's disappointing, I guess. And then you know, to have people like Cruz to have such a weird kind of like, oh, I want these delegates. Like, dude, still nobody is, you're not representing people. You know that, right? You're not representing the mass amount of people. I think the and politicians know that. <laughs> I think here's, here's where I see it as a negative for Trump. Uh, and I'll use Colorado as an example. Mm-hmm. He didn't know the rules. That's where you bring in people who do. The political advisors who make huge sums of money because they... Trump's got them now. ...know the yeah. rules. <laughs> At that stage in the game, he should have known. But, yeah, but... I just wish it was all less complicated. Well, here's, here's the problem with that. If it's less complicated... Then you have Jimmy Carter. That's what happened when they tried to make it less complicated. Well, and I guess I go back. So, well, so just yeah. think about that. Yeah. A, a, a politician that the Democratic Party didn't want, who uh, was a, he's a very likable man. He's very nice. He's just not a. He was just a horrible president. And because of that, uh, he wasn't reelected. I think that had more to do with why he wasn't reelected than Reagan right. being such a great speaker. That's a whole other topic for another day. <laughs> but he didn't have anyone's backing when he actually got to Washington. He didn't have a lot of support system behind him because the party bosses didn't want him. They didn't. He was a populist president. He got elected. Nobody wanted him there. Everyone's like, "How did he get here?" 
So that's your your yeah. other side is that you'll end up with a president who doesn't get the support of his own party. Well, and that's the intriguing part because I was thinking about like in New York when they compared um, the the Bronx and there was what, 37,000 Republicans, not very many, versus upstate New York. It was like a, almost a 10 to 1 kind of voting power when it came to the delegates representing them versus the, um, the actual people voting. And then I do know enough that um, the founding fathers were right, uh, wise when they didn't want to do, you know, the mob rule. Like, they really never wanted the popular vote because they were afraid of mob rule. So I kind of get that. So, But there's got to be a balancing act. So did we just stray so far from the original intent of the framers? <laughs> I, I think this is... What we're seeing this year in particular is the outcome of having a two-party system mm -hmm. where those two parties have become so powerful that they can shut down anybody who comes up against them. And they've, the, yeah. you know, the, think back to Ross Perot. They had a close call in many ways yes. with Ross Perot. And so both parties put certain things into play to make sure that yeah. wouldn't happen. And then Ron Paul came along, and they realized we got to tighten this even more. Right. But then you also have to remember that part of the reason it's so complicated, especially on the Republican side, is because the states want to have a certain amount of power. They want right. their primary to be important. They want their delegates to have a certain amount of power. So based on where they fall in the primary schedule, based mm -hmm. on all kinds of different, very complicated algorithms they've come <laughs> yeah. up with, they've come up with... Each one has come up with their own system to decide right. who's going to have the real power. Is it going to be uh, you know, the, this delegate or is yeah. it going to be this lobbyist? That comes into play right. a lot, too, with the delegates. So, And then so we, we kind of go back to you're absolutely correct. So they, they've become too powerful. And so we've got we've totally strayed away from... You know, the presidents and the senators and all those people who would go for a couple months, make some decisions back in the good old days. And I know America was quite a bit smaller. And then go farming <laughs> or doctoring or, you know, doing their day jobs, you know. But at the same token is that they now people are career oriented and they're worried about their paycheck and their neck and their livelihood. And so they are no longer remotely worried about and this i think is across all party lines because that's oh, just sure. the way it is now they're worried about like well i've got to feed my family i sure. live a, a lifestyle i'm accustomed to i don't want to lose it i totally get that i'm a human i totally get that the, the party system right now has been very detrimental to the whole concept of civil service politicians right and part of, it is, part, of, part of it isn't just the politician while he or she is the main mm -hmm. actor in the play. Right. It also takes 
gaffers. Yeah. It takes lighting people. It takes yeah. so part the of the whole poli- set. Part of the political yeah. theater involves this whole mass of people who are all concerned with, as you said, how how can I stay here? Stay here. How can I keep my paycheck coming? So it kind of. I think part of the reason that it has become so complicated is just the nature of the beast. Right. But part of it is also <laughs> because of these incredibly well-paid consultants <laughs> who go to each state and yeah. say, this is how your state can matter yeah. this time. This is what you need to do to your primary to make it, you know, to add some sizzle. Do we have a, maybe one more quick minute b- sure. for... Because something really interesting happening happened Monday, you can probably guess what I'm going to say. But the shortest little uh, political um, alliance <laughs> that lasted, I think, like ten minutes on the internet. And that was <laughs> Cruz and Kasich. Oh, you know? <laughs> I was going to bring that up on our Cruz episode. Okay, well that's next. So, alrighty then. Uh, we'll leave that. that. That's just a teaser. That's what I meant. Oh, oh, uh, oh. Okay, a teaser for the next podcast. Yes, right. next time it's Ted Cruz. Oh. Politician or possessed ventriloquist dummy. That's a whole other story. Don't worry. Check it out on Conspiracy Theory Theory Thursday. (laughs) You'll love it. Oh, Uh, that's going to be fun. We might go over. We might. I, I, uh, I have a feeling. Those maybe. things to say about yes. about about Senator Cruz. So, uh, to sum up, delegates are confusing. I think they're kind of meant to be. Um, no, your vote doesn't matter. It does, but it doesn't. It just depends what state you're in. It depends on a lot of other issues. And in the big scheme of things, that's why I tell people don't cry over the primary. Unless it was you, never yours to begin with, unless you're <laughs> unless you are working uh, as a paid consultant for right. a po- politician in the primary, don't worry about it. It is what it is. Well, and I think people, if you don't like it, be active. And miracles can happen. Miracles can happen. Because look at Donald Trump this year. <laughs> Good for him. <laughs> and we've actually this is the we've barely <laughs> mentioned him. So that's kind of interesting. So anyways, in short, I'm Diana. I'm Tess. This is the Cray Pango podcast. Visit us at craypango.com. And if you see Lindsay. If you see Lindsay Graham, tell him we've got a table booked. That's right. (laughs) Hope to see him in Cleveland. I'm a